This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This morning, a surfer killed, attacked by a great white shark while trying to warn others to get out of the water. Behind bars, NRL player Jamil Hopawati facing a serious drug charge. And vaccine hesitancy, a concerning new poll that could slow down the rollout. This is 7 News with Jody Spears. Good morning. A 59-year-old surfer from Sydney's northern beaches has died after being mauled by a four-metre great white on the New South Wales mid-north coast. In a tragic twist, he'd tried to warn his friends in the water about the shark just before it turned on him. On a white stretch of beach, shocked bystanders worked to save a life. Huddled around a man who just moments earlier had been pulled from the water, he'd been in Toncurry on holidays, out surfing with three friends who witnessed the terrifying events. It's believed that um, when the attack occurred, the man did actually see the shark and called out to try and warn others. Uh, and very heroically, his friends were able to bring him back into shore after he had been attacked. You'd understand that they were quite emotionally upset at the time. Drone pilot and local resident Adam Fitzroy saw what happened next. There was a pretty panicked scene. You had ambulances and police coming up the brake wall from every direction. Uh, people running down the um, sand track towards the beach behind me. And um, it was just a bit of a chaotic scene. Everyone trying to do as best as they could. The 59-year-old man was bitten by the great white, suffering critical injuries to his right thigh. Lift to the pole. Rushed from the beach to the car park and a waiting ambulance, but his injuries were too severe. The last shark attack here was in 2016. I would never surf on these beaches because there's just too many sharks. No, it's just very sad, sad for the family. Nearby beaches remain closed this morning as authorities investigate the tragedy, Australia's first fatal shark attack this year. Edwina Bartholomew, Seven News. Off-contract NRL player Jamil Hopawati has spent the night behind bars accused of a serious drug charge. The son of infamous former footballer John and brother of current Bulldogs player Will is preparing to face court today. The 26-year-old is charged with supplying a large commercial quantity of cocaine and trying to evade police. A number of other men have also been arrested and will appear in a Sydney court this morning. 
The Prime Minister is facing mounting pressure to bring more stranded Australians home after a Sydney man died from COVID in India. 47-year-old father of two, Govind Kant, travelled to the country after losing his mother, his father and his aunt to the virus. He was trying to get a mercy flight home when he fell ill and later died in hospital. Once someone's out of the country, uh, our ability to, to provide that sort of protection is obviously significantly reduced. And uh, at the same time, we're seeking to protect uh, lives and livelihoods here. The federal government says it's working with Qantas to schedule more repatriation flights from India. There's concern over our COVID vaccine rollout this morning after a new poll revealed one in three Australians are likely to refuse a jab. The Resolve strategic survey of 1,600 people found 15% of adults were not at all likely and 14% not very likely to be vaccinated in the months ahead, while 14% said they were extremely likely to get a vaccine. It comes as Victoria ramps up its rollout, opening its eighth mass immunisation hub this morning with 324,000 doses administered in the state so far. New South Wales is considering opening a second mass vaccination hub, possibly near Newcastle. The first clinic at Sydney Olympic Park has been deemed a success. It's on track to hit an immunisation target of 30,000 people a week later this month. A multi-million dollar gas plant will be built in the New South Wales Hunter Valley to compensate for the closure of a nearby coal-fired power station. Let's go live now to political reporter Olivia Leeming. Good morning, Olivia. It's being funded by the federal government. Yeah, direct government intervention in the energy market to offset the closure of Liddell. Now, that coal-fired power station is due to shut in 2023. But Snowy Hydro will build what's called an open-cycle gas turbine, underwritten by a $600 million investment from the Commonwealth. That'll pump 1,000 megawatts into the grid, and that should avoid a surge in power prices, which was forecast to be around 30%. Now, the Prime Minister says that should also create 600 jobs for tradies on site once construction starts next year and a further 1,200 positions indirectly across New South Wales, marking the closure of another coal-fired power station as a new report warns that all new fossil fuel projects must be scrapped within 15 years to reach net zero emissions by 2050. It's also warning no more petrol or diesel cars should be sold by 2035. The International Energy Agency's roadmap uh, does provide some optimism know that it would create around 14 million jobs by 2030 and that investments in energy production would soar to $5 trillion, something world leaders will have to consider at the Glasgow Climate Summit coming up in November. Jody. OK, Olivia, thank you. Security footage from the home of a murdered Melbourne woman has revealed she was stalked for months before she was killed. 78-year-old Judy Bednar was found dead in her home on Saturday. Cameras supposed to help protect her instead captured a man harassing her on several occasions. Hello, Judy. I would like to know why you lied last year to say that I was crazy. Judy went to police for help several times in the months leading up to her death. Her son has been charged with her murder. Queensland's Premier has proposed new laws to legalise voluntary assisted dying. Under the proposal, a person would need to be independently assessed by two doctors and diagnosed with a disease or condition expected to cause death within 12 months. Anastasia Palaszczuk is preparing to introduce the bill into Parliament next week. MPs will have a conscience vote later this year. 
Clive Palmer has been ordered to pay legal costs to the West Australian government. The High Court told the billionaire miner to pay up over his abandoned contempt case against the Premier and the Attorney-General. Mark McGowan described the news as terrific and says he looks forward to Mr Palmer reimbursing the people of WA. A major survey has found dodgy timeshare products are costing Australians thousands of dollars, trapping some owners into decades-long contracts. And it's been revealed they're virtually impossible to get out of, prompting calls for the financial regulator to take urgent action. Trapped in a timeshare nightmare, Megan Lewis paid $25,000 up front for holiday points to use at club hotels. But it was far from the end. I don't even want to add together how much we've spent. It's like almost 190 a fortnight still. The only way out to sell. The membership's for like 70 years. We've heard so many horror stories. Uh, pensioners who have been stuck into contracts that last 99 years. Consumer group Choice lodging a major complaint to the Australian Securities and Investments Commission. Choice surveyed 350 timeshare owners, finding 30% want to get out of their scheme but can't, while 70% expect their agreement on going cost and debt will pass to their children. I don't want her lumped with this. The timeshare industry body told us most of its members are satisfied or very satisfied and homeowners can't just decide one day they don't want to pay rates and taxes. Analysis from Choice shows purchasing timeshare ends up being 11 times more expensive than just booking holidays online, some contracts costing over $450,000. You're destined to lose money. Serena Andaloro, Seven News. Coles, Woolworths and other industry leaders are uniting in the war on plastics. More than 500 organisations, from businesses to community groups, are rolling out programs to eliminate plastic packaging waste. Their pact aims for 100% of plastic packaging to be sustainable by 2025. Some of the world's leading cancer researchers are set to develop a groundbreaking new treatment in Australia. It's one of a rising number of international therapies now being trialled here, giving many Australians greater access to life-saving drugs. At the forefront of medical research, California's City of Hope Cancer Centre, their latest breakthrough another step closer to a cure. There are at least five or six groups that have been trying for over a decade to try to do this. We have just succeeded. They're leaders in CAR T-cell therapy, a revolutionary treatment used for blood cancers. They've now been able to combine the treatment with an oncolytic virus, capable of targeting and killing solid tumours like brain, ovarian, colon, lung and bowel cancer. This drug combination is revolutionary. Local biotech company Immugene is now bringing the treatment to Australia for development, with clinical trials to begin next year. If we can see anything that we saw preclinically in the clinic, we've got a paradigm shift. Offering hope to families like Rebecca Longs who have previously had to travel overseas. Her husband Tom forced to the US for treatment before he died from a virus last year. Just the what ifs if it had been available here. Australia has become a destination of choice for medical research during the pandemic with a growing number of biotech companies from across the globe conducting their clinical trials down under. It shouldn't be just the lucky people that get to travel to America. It should be available for everyone. Amber Laidler, 7 News. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Checking finance now. The Dow Jones has fallen, so has the Nasdaq. In London, the FTSE barely managed to close in the green and Germany's DAX fell. Closer to home, Japan's Nikkei closed up, Hong Kong's Hang Seng rose and the All Lords and the ASX 200 traded higher. On the commodities market, gold is trading at 1,869 US dollars an ounce. Oil is 68.73 US dollars a barrel. The Aussie dollar is buying almost 78 US cents, 84.9 Japanese yen and $1.07 New Zealand. A motorbike rider is fighting for life in hospital after a nasty crash in Sydney. Police say the 18-year-old collided with a bus at Artaman yesterday. He was critically injured and his motorbike left crumpled. The bus driver and six passengers on board were uninjured. The situation in the Middle East is becoming increasingly volatile, with Israel and Hamas continuing their relentless attacks as America joins international calls for a ceasefire. Let's go live to US correspondent David Woywood. Good morning, David. What is Joe Biden doing to help end the conflict? Good morning, Jody. Well, certainly Joe Biden and his uh, party is quite divided on how best to facilitate an end to this ongoing violence. Now, uh, many within the Democrats have now stepped up those calls on the president to employ a more forceful brand of US diplomacy to make this end. Uh, president Biden said he's committed to a peaceful resolution of the escalating violence between Hamas militants and Israel. He said Israel has a right to defend itself from those Hamas rockets, but he's fallen short of criticising Israel or demanding a ceasefire. And that's during multiple phone calls now with Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. The Biden administration has also reached out to Palestinian and regional Arab leaders as part of this softer diplomatic approach, a form of quiet diplomacy as they are now terming it, while Palestinian leaders today pointed the finger at the UN and the US to step up. If the Biden administration can exert all of their pressure to bring an end to the uh, aggression against our people, nobody is going to stop in their way. Today now marks nine days of violence with those protests breaking out across the region, including uh, in the West Bank. Many now calling, of course, for an end to this violence, Jody. Okay, David Woodward in the US, thank you. The British Prime Minister says plans to lift England's COVID lockdown will go ahead despite concerns over a coronavirus variant. Remaining restrictions in England are set to end on June 21. Boris Johnson says there's no conclusive data to suggest the plan needs to change. He says more information about the spread of the new Indian variant is expected in coming days. Prince Charles and his wife Camilla have begun a two-day visit to Northern Ireland for its centenary year. The royal couple visited Belfast City Hall, speaking to local historians, before signing the guest book. They then met staff from the city's education authority, paying tribute to the efforts of youth workers to bring about reconciliation in Northern Ireland. 
Australia's infamous sandpaper gate bowlers have continued to deny they knew about the plot to cheat. The 2018 Cape Town scandal reignited on the weekend when Cameron Bancroft implied to a British newspaper that the bowlers knew all about it. Pat Cummins, Josh Hazelwood, Mitch Stark and Nathan Lyon have released a statement requesting an end to the rumour-mongering and innuendo. Once again, they say they didn't know a foreign substance was taken onto the field and, like the umpires, didn't know the ball had been tampered with. Cricket's Integrity Unit has asked Bancroft for more information. Injured GWS skipper Stephen Cornelio has hit back at critics calling for Toby Green to take over as Giants captain from next year. People outside of the club can, you know, can say what they want. It you know, definitely doesn't you know, bother me. I've you know, had you know, people say things about me or the club before and, and really um, you know, more, than, more than Toby and, and myself, we just want to win for the footy club. Carlton captain Patrick Cripps is close to agreeing to a four-year contract extension with the club. St Kilda forward Max King has signed a new four-year $3 million deal with the Saints. Incoming Sharks coach Craig Fitzgibbon has angrily rejected claims the club is incapable of luring elite players. The Roosters' assistant has brushed off suggestions the botched effort to sign Rabbitohs skipper Adam Reynolds is proof the club can't attract quality players. It's just this perception that I'm, I'm screaming and, and scratching around for players. I'm, I'm really comfortable with what we've got at the Sharks, so I want to go and work with the players there at the Sharks. Queensland face a personnel crisis just three weeks out from Origin 1. Storm hooker Harry Grant is in doubt with a hamstring injury. Josh Papali'i will miss out after accepting his three-game ban, while Kalen Ponga has already been ruled out. The lead into the French Open isn't going to plan for two of tennis's big, biggest stars. In his first match in over two months, 20-time Grand Slam winner Roger Federer was bundled out of the Geneva Open by world number 75 Pablo Andahar. Federer's first loss in his homeland since 2013. Serena Williams suffered her second loss in a row, going down to Katerina Siniakova at the Emilia Romagna Open. Olympics hopeful Chris Golding did his hopes of getting a ticket to Tokyo no harm overnight. The Melbourne United guard hit seven three-pointers in the first half against the Illawarra Hawks and their Boomers coach Brian Gorgian. Golding failed to score in the second half, finishing with 25 points. First place United won by 15 points. Taking a look at the weather around the country now, a trough will trigger a few showers and storms over southern WA. Onshore winds will bring coastal showers to Queensland and western Tasmania. Moist easterlies will cause thundery showers over the eastern top end. A high will lead to settled conditions elsewhere with a chilly morning in the east. Around the capitals today, a possible shower in Brisbane heading for a top of 23 degrees, sunny and 21 in Sydney, morning frost and then mostly sunny in Canberra, partly cloudy in Melbourne, a top of 19 degrees, a light shower or two in Hobart, partly cloudy heading for 19 in Adelaide, partly cloudy and 23 in Perth and sunny and 33 in Darwin. And that's 7 Early News for this Wednesday the 19th of May 2021.